Welcome to Broadway's Back Home with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's backbone. In episode 71, I have a very special guest, because a performer on Broadway can't do anything if he doesn't have the right pair of shoes. So today, I have the go-to man for the Broadway shoes and movies, Phil LaDuca. So I'm sitting here in Hell's Kitchen at the LaDuca Shoe Store on 47th Street with Phil LaDuca himself. How are you doing today? I'm very happy to meet you and to do this interview. I've been looking forward to it. Well, I'm so excited. So uh, you're basically the go-to man for dance shoes on Broadway, film, TV, and also the world-famous Rockettes. Stars that include Emma Stone, Bette Midler, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Shania Twain, Ariana Grande, and even Meryl Streep, who actually I've heard stops by here uh, unannounced just to come in and see you. My staff gets quite flustered. They're like, ah, la, la, Yeah, she walks in unannounced, just without a entourage. A couple of weeks ago, we had Sarah Brightman just pop in. And it's wonderful to see these people, Bette Midler, the same would just walk in unannounced and say, where's Phil? You know, that's the beauty and the wonder of Leduca shoes. We never know who's gonna walk in, who's gonna call, who they're gonna say, we're gonna bring over Angela Lansbury. Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to come by for some shoes. So how many Broadway shows do you have running right now? I know you have Kinky Boots. We have several that have, are actually in previews. Of course, Anastasia has been running, Kinky Boots, Wicked, A Book of Mormons. The new ones that are for this season right now alone, My Fair Lady, Carousel, Mean Girls, Head Over Heels is out of town, Pretty Woman, Donna Summer. Oh, wow. So as well. So it's pretty exciting things are happening at Leduca Shoes. Well, that's great. So where are you from and how did you get started? Because you started off as a dancer. Well, before dancing, and the interesting thing, Brad, is that I was raised on the south side of Chicago and inner city. It, it was a, a rough neighborhood. You don't know that when you grow up. It's whatever your environment is, you adapt to it. Right. But it was street gangs, racial violence. And for me, musical theater as to why I became a dancer and how, how I got into the field of theater and entertainment, my outlet and escape was I used to go down in my basement and sing to Tony Bennett and Frank Sinatra records. And I don't know why, I have to ask them actually, my folks had the album, because things were on albums back then, <laughs> LPs, well, of West Side Story. Ah. And I learned every song, every dialogue that was on the LP and the back cover. And the reason it resonated with me and seeing the movie, of course, at a young age, what resonated to me was the fact it was street gangs involved in singing and dancing. And somehow it was cool yeah. to be able to, you get into a fight and then you do a little dance, you know? <laughs> so it really made me feel that it was okay to be a singer and a dancer and still be in a street gang. That's what propelled me to want to be in a different environment because I didn't start off as a dancer. I started singing in rock and roll bands. Oh, really? And What type of music did you sing? Oh, Led Zeppelin, Who, Stones. 
Wow, because you have such a very calm, sweet demeanor. Like to, <laughs> to think of you singing Led Zeppelin, I would love to see yeah, that. Yeah, The Who was my favorite. Won't Get Fooled Again, to be able to scream in a rock voice. I was very proud of being able to do that. But I was completely untrained. And when I started to get into theater, because I had a voice, the first time I auditioned for West Side Story, the director said, you've got a great voice, you've got a good look but you can't dance. And I was like, what do you mean I can't dance? I'm from the south side of Chicago. We all know how to street dance. Come on, I get shingling, boogaloo. And he said, well, <laughs> come to the audition. The first thing they did at the audition were chenet turns on a diagonal, on a straight line. Well, chenet turns, you need the spot. Yeah. Of course, I, was, I looked like a buffoon falling all over the place because I didn't know how to spot a turn. And that convinced me to start taking dance classes. And the next time I auditioned for West Side Story, I got the role of Tony. So my first role was Tony wow. in West Side Story. So, so you must have had a beautiful voice. And I had a falsetto. I was able to flip into falsetto because singing Led Zeppelin, you had to yeah. use falsetto. People still say every once in a while when I sing, they say, wow, you have a good voice. Because again, a lot of dancers even of this generation, of course, don't even know that I sang and danced on Broadway. Right. So to know that I sang in a rock band and or I used to sing in clubs doing Billy Joel's Piano Man. That was one of the roles in a show I did. I played Billy Joel's Piano Man. And what's really ironic about it is years later that I did the shoes from Moving Out, from Twilight Tharp and Billy Joel. And as you're on the red carpet coming up and being introduced, Billy Joel sees me coming and I heard him lean over to his assistant and say, who's this? And the assistant said, that's the shoe guy. So to Billy Joel, the piano man, I was the shoe guy. Wow. And I got to tell him I was the piano man in the show. Yeah. And saying, you know, sing us a song, you're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. And he got a big kick out of that, of course. That's so cool. So when you were dancing on Broadway, did you think that that was just going to continue? Or did you think, oh, I'm going to do something else? I mean, did you ever have the idea that you were had this entrepreneurship hidden inside of you? Or were you just no like... No way. <laughs> no. And, and most people will think that I was into shoes or I had a foot fetish or something. <laughs> not, not in the least bit. Not in the least bit. It purely came out of necessity as having been a dancer and having had reconstructive knee surgery. Kind of jumping backward. When I was in Chicago and I started to get shows that because of my voice and then I realized I wanted to dance as well. So spreading that out, I found myself in two places in Chicago. Three actually. One was in Calumet City, Loretta Rozak Dancers, who was a love and really made me want to dance because she encouraged me so. Stone and Cameron, very famous ballet teachers, had placed so many dancers in major ballet companies. Of course, we're talking 30 plus years ago, so they're gone. The other was Lou Conti at Hubbard Street, mm. the Hubbard Street Dance Company. And Lou taught me musical theater. And so I had ballet, the classical ballet start, but I was, very, I was in my late teens. So I was never going to be a ballet dancer, even though I fell in love with it. And I tried to push myself too fast. You need to start ballet, even as a boy, 12, 13, 14 maybe, because your bones and muscles set. So mm. if you start too late, 
to try to force that turnout, which is what I did, I eventually, I had, I popped my knee out. I tore my ACL and split my meniscus doing bluebird variation. Somebody said, well, why don't you do musical theater? And I was like, well, what's musical theater? I didn't relate. I thought musical theater was only on film. West Side Story, oh, Fred right. Astaire. I had no association. The only thing that to me was Broadway was seeing an old Jimmy Cagney movie of George M. Cohan, give my regards to Broadway, and he's a, he was a hoofer. Yes. But that was my only association. I didn't know that there were shows that opened, and it was a whole learning experience. So I went down with a group of people from Chicago down to St. Louis Muni Opera for Summerstock and got hired and, and received my equity card from... Sharon Halley down in St. Louis Muni Opera and after that season where I did Brigadoon and The Adventures of Tom Sawyer where I covered Don Grady from My Three Sons. Oh really? Just all of these crazy stuff and I was like wow this is a crazy world. Meeting Don Grady and understudying and I'm meeting all these people from all over the world and you know we go to New York after this. You're gonna come to New York? I'm like but I don't know anybody. They're like you know, you know us. My first apartment that I stayed at 84th in Amsterdam, eight other actors. Oh my goodness. I was introduced to a, a gal, Mindy, who I knew peripherally from Muni Opera. She was from St. Louis, did the other cast. So we knew of each other, but we didn't work together and I had only done St. Louis that season. But when I got there, Mindy was there and Herndon Lackey and Paul and several other people. I said, well, where do, where's my bed? And they said, well, this pull-out couch. Oh, oh, that's cool. Oh, Mindy's also sleeping <laughs> on the couch. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and that was that was my introduction in New York City. Wow. And then, so what year was that? You've been... Something... It was 1979. That's impressive. And then you just danced and did the whole Broadway New York thing for I, quite a I, while. At my Drama Desk Award last year, which I'm still blown away that they made a special category for me for a drama desk award. I'm not uh, shocked. I mean, you're very important to theater community and Broadway. I know I, I mean, I have two pairs of Leducas. Uh, so that I was allowed to keep. I mean, I've had several, several <laughs> made for me. They fell off the truck, we said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, one pair uh, I had negotiated into my contract regionally. Ah, uh, you're smart. Uh, playing Bert and Mary Poppins. And I was like, I uh. have to... I have to have the right shoes. and they were I like, see you as a bird. Oh, yes. Fabulous part for you. Yes. Very uh, Dick Van Dyke-esque. Why, thank you, you very much. <laughs> so I digress. I think that you completely deserve that oh, Drama you. Desk Award. Thank you. Tony should have a category for you. Uh, thank you. That's very sweet. Alice, who wardrobe for Wicked, was on the other side just now. And they gave Alice a Tony last year, I believe, for she's been in wardrobe I think probably some 45, 50 years. So it's wonderful that our organizations recognize the people, not just the stars right. that win Tonys or are the big names over, but the people in the background. But of course, speaking of big names, I was so thrilled that Monday's past Monday night, they had the dancers over 40, had the mm. 40th anniversary a reunion of dancing, which I had so many ties in because I, B.B. Nerworth was a ballet buddy of mine. We used to hang out after class and, 
and complain about not getting jobs and stuff, right? B.B. Norworth, yeah. if you can believe that. And Jimmy Horbath and Lloyd Colbreth, I'd done American Dance Machine. There were three people in the dancing cast that were at this reunion, including Wayne Salento, who it was between myself and them for jobs, and all three of them got the damn jobs, not me. <laughs> Even Wayne, and Wayne was like, well, you know, hey, that's the way it goes. <laughs> like, thanks, Wayne, you don't have enough jobs or acclaim, right? Right. I had also danced with Ann Ranking in the American Dance Machine. And of course, meeting Ann Ranking and Bob Fosse for the first time is quite an experience. This full circle, we're talking like 40 years now, that from 79 that I was next year that I gave Ann Ranking a Laduca Lifetime Achievement Award in dance and to be able to do that and I will be giving Luke Conti uh, oh, wow. uh, this award as well and I've given it to Phil Black and oh, Chuck great. Kelly you know who are part of our dear departed who are my greats and my teachers and that's why also with Lou I want to honor because without these people, I would not be here. Right. So why were you blown away about getting a Drama Desk Award? Oh, I, I'm just a shoe designer. When you look at the wall where we're sitting, Brad, here's Greg Barnes, yes. Kinky Boots. Look at that drawing. It's not a drawing. It's a piece of art. It definitely is. We've got Susan Hilferty, Wicked, Ann Hould Ward. We have William Ivy Long's work. So... I'm just honored to be able to work with these people at all, that they have taught me, Marty Pacladinas, they have mentored me as to how this, because I didn't study design, I didn't study fashion, my sketching is horrible. If I say that I have a talent, it's that I have an eye for beauty, and I know line and symmetry. And then on top of that, the, what put me to where I'm at in the position of going, okay, knowing beauty is one thing. I mean, you're a painter, sculptor, whatever, but how does that have to relate to dance and dance shoes? Mm. The fact that I had walked the walk and tapped the tap and had reconstructive knee surgery, had back surgery. I just had two years ago, a full hip replacement. So I know the anatomy of a dancer and what dancers go through. Mm. I know the how injuries occur because I've had enough of them. Yeah. Mikhail Barishnikov, who I did a pair of shoes for last year, of course a hero, yeah. he did a ballet where he broke his ankle on stage and finished the ballet. I popped my back out doing Bill Snipson and Me and My Girl and finished the show. We have this, as you personally yeah. know, we are masochists. We deal with pain in a different way and we block it out and we just do. The show must go on is a silly cliche, but to us, it's not. Right. We do anything. That's why I love we call ourselves gypsies, gypsies, tramps, and thieves, because we will work for nothing. We'll work for coins tossed for us. Very know? true. Yeah. Just the opportunity to dance. Yeah. So I read that the total inception of Leduca Shoes actually came out of an injury, that you were healing in Vienna when you decided to do this. How did that... I popped my disc out in L5 in Vienna, choreographing for the Vienna Folks Opera Ballet, an homage to Agnes DeMille, who I had done my first Broadway show was Brigadoon oh. in, in 1980. 
for Agnes de Mille. Jerry Mitchell and I were sword dancers, wearing kilts, Letty. So that was my first Broadway show. So I was doing a homage to Agnes de Mille in 1999. It was the day after Christmas, 1999. I twisted to the side, bent down to pick up my computer, and it was like somebody took a razor blade uh. up the back of my leg. Popped my disc out. In between Christmas and New Year's, there were no doctors in Vienna. Every day, I would have to go down to the clinic and have them an epidermic needle about five inches long. They'd stick into my spine. I would have relief about four hours out of 24 a day. I was in such pain. So I had to have my disc removed. And then I thought, well, I'm in my 40s. What am I going to do from here? Well, where am I going to go? I yeah. mean, uh, I have to recuperate. And how many injuries can I keep going through? And I said, you know, there was this idea about a flexible shoe because Bob Audie, who is another mentor of mine, Bob Audie used to teach us ballet classes in tap shoes. Really? Yep. We'd be at a bar and doing frappes and dégagés and, and rond in taps and then do a step-toe tap turn away from the bar, glissade back to the bar. It was beautiful. And Paul Draper was his mentor. So it gave me the idea, but you can't point your feet in tap shoes. Yeah, no. And when I would see Gene Kelly movies, of course on the film, they don't use taps. They dub the taps in later. So he would use shoes that he actually, because Gene Kelly was a fabulous ballet dancer. Yes. Incredible. And so you'd see him pointing his feet, even though he's making shuffle ball change or paradiddles. And you're going, okay, he's pointing his feet, but yet, when you put a pair of tap shoes on, you can't. So I came up with the idea of making a flexible tap shoe. And when I did that, I did a flexible tap shoe and a character shoe. And then when I did that, and they started to use it in Fosse for steam heat and pajama game. Oh. And Helen Toth, the wardrobe mistress of Fosse, in her Lauren Bacall voice said, Bill, why don't you make some sh character shoes and heels for women flexible? And I said, wow, I didn't know there was a need. Like, are you kidding me? So I started to prototype a flexible woman's high heel. And I used the, the gals from Fosse and from Saturday Night Fever. And most of them are still dear friends of mine. So they were my guinea pigs of using, of prototyping different flexible character shoes. And it was a learning experience for me but can you imagine the Fosse dancers and Saturday Night Fever dancers can you imagine having this amount of talent at your beck and call to try and experiment upon not not bad not bad at all not bad aside from liking beauty you must know anatomy or the foot I mean how do you figure out where the arches and the bones and I mean is it because that's all part of it oh well you're gonna make me spill my secrets aren't you oh no I'm just curious <laughs> there's so much more to it than beauty oh, you must you. have a lot more skill of, of course the technicality I had to learn how a shoe is made mm. You can't, when I went to the factory in Italy that I, I found and researched and was able to find this factory in Italy, and they taught me how a shoe is made. And in turn, I taught them how 
a dance shoe should be made. I really didn't have the answers. It was a lot of experimenting. Mm. In my mind, ideally, what a dance shoe should be doing, when you look at it, I had the good fortune of starting as a ballet dancer. I don't think if I would have started as a, a hip-hop or, <laughs> or a jazz dancer, maybe jazz, but a character or a musical theater dancer, I don't think I would have been able to have that anatomy knowledge because ballet is all about placement and balance and where your weight is. So I just knew instinctively where my body weight <coughs> needed to be or where I wanted it to be when I'm in a particular shoe. And I translated that from ballet and putting on a pair of character shoes and saying, this isn't giving mm. me the right placement. It's not putting me in my, on the balls of my feet. It's, I'm too far back on my heels. I'm not getting the full feel of the floor in these shoes. So all those things that I took as a dancer and then plus my injuries of going, dancers aren't able to articulate their feet. So imagine a dancer doing a tour on layer, which of course, as you know, but audience may not, is bending your knees, jumping up in the air, doing two revolutions and coming <laughs> down. Now imagine people standing in your kitchen, jumping up in the air, doing two revolutions and coming down on a flat foot. Imagine what that's going to do to your knees and your lower back. Yeah. But that's what they were asking us to do on Broadway. What happened was dance had evolved beyond bring on the chorus girls and ba da 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 or the little Betty Boop step touch step touch. It became where the dancers now, a la Fosse, a la Brigadoon, a la moving out, yeah. that they're asking dancers to do grangetes and double tours, drags and knee slides and all of these amazing steps in shoes that you can't articulate your feet. It's like asking Tiger Woods to go out and play a round of golf in Ked sneakers. Yeah, exactly. He could do it, but how well? And is he going to, of course, he's going to injure himself doing yeah. it. So that also was my impetus. Most of the comments I get from dancers and Laurie Kenyak the other day at Joe Lentieri. Joe, Joe Lentieri had me over for his annual event that I was here for a couple of weeks ago. And Laurie Kenyak was there and Laurie came up to me and said, Phil, you saved my career. And to hear a, a beautiful dancer who had a fabulous career or have a, a Lizzie Parkinson say to me, I was nominated for a Tony Award because of your shoes. Wow. And I said, Liz, I think your feet and legs probably had a little <laughs> bit to do with it. But to have these amazing dancers yeah. tell me that I saved their careers, I saved them from injury, that is the most ingratiating thing for me to hear. And it humbles me because maybe if I would have had shoes, better shoes, I would have not suffered several of the injuries I had. So to have people say that in dancers, and dancers I admire and love, and also the dancers, my peers say, you know, Phil, you're our hero. Uh, look, what is... Yeah. To oh, my hero, Liza Minnelli. That is, that's amazing. <laughs> to have these kinds of people say that. Yeah. Then it makes me feel that I'm, I have value, which is what we all want. Yes. We all want to feel we have value. And that gives me that recognition of, wow, I... I have done something good for the community. And because I didn't start this business, 
as a business, quote unquote, to make money. I brought my shoe designs to another company, existing company, because I didn't have a company. I, yeah. I didn't know what to do. I said, I have this great idea. And they were like, oh, sure. A dancer has an idea that we didn't think about. Well, it's their bad fortune that, yes, I did. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't buy it from me. And I am so glad, knock on wood, that they didn't. Yeah. Because I would have given it up for pittance, and the Laduca shoes wouldn't be where it's at today. Yeah. And also, the not just for the, the dancer who walks in off the street every day, but the fact that we've gone into concert for the Katy Perry, Shania Twain's, yeah. Ariana Grande's, the movies, Chicago, Nine, love, love working with John DeLuca and Rob mm. Marshall. Yes. You know, to be able to work Colleen Atwood, winning an Oscar for Chicago for costumes, which I claim a little piece of. Yes. And getting Tony Awards or Emmys for, that people get for costumes. For me, oh, someone said the other day, they said, you know, the EGOT, the awards for the Emmys, oh, yes. the, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, and they said with my giving and ranking, the Laduca, there should should be the Legate. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. I don't think people realize how important a shoe is to a performance. I know for me, not only as a performer but also as a person, shoes are very, very important. And I think it determines how a person walks. It determines how a character walks, what his gait is. If it's a girl, the, the size of the heel, a louder heel, certain people. You walk differently. You dance differently. I know that's... So for me, I always have to know what shoes I'm wearing. And I think what's great about a Broadway show, and especially if you're fortunate enough to have the Duke of Shoes designed oh, for you, you come in early and get them done before rehearsal starts. I remember one of my favorite days of rehearsal. It's usually around week two your shoes arrive and it's just like Christmas a candy store because then you get to rehearse in your shoes well before you get the rest of your costume and I just think that part of creating a character I think is is essential you're also helping develop a character you know what I mean you, but, you have nailed it on the head Jerry Mitchell said Phil I want to have lunch with you I'm doing a new show we had lunch and he said I'm doing kinky boots and I had seen the movie and mm. I was like, wow, because the story of the movie is that this old stoic company shoe store that has classic traditional shoes is going down the tubes because they're not making money. And a drag queen comes in and says, I want you to do boots for men. And he has to change his whole thought process, plus his workers who are very traditional and old fashioned of whoa, we're going from serving the upscale royalty to doing these flashy, trashy boots for drag queens. <laughs> and so that was the beauty of the story, was that the, how the boots and the shoes changed people's opinions of one another. That's the, the prejudices and the mm. opinionated. That's the beauty of Kinky Boots. And what you said is exactly what Jerry Mitchell said to me. He said, Phil, I want you to do the boots because the boots are a character yes. in the show. I cried. The first time I cried seeing my work on stage, I thought, okay, the red patent leather, pumped, six-inch heel, lace-up for Lola. I said, they're important. 
But I didn't know they were going to write a whole damn song and scene about oh, them. Oh, yeah. Sex is in the heel. Oh, right? and when the, they come down on that conveyor belt after this whole build-up, it was like seeing my child come out on stage for the first yeah. time. I was crying. But it's as beautiful as those shoes are. The end, when everyone has shoes, oh, all parade. of a sudden you're like, they're all amazing. Which and what, I, what was very sweet, great, because I did shoes for Jerry for rehearsal. The patent leather oh, yeah. stilettos, but I also, as an homage to Jerry, was because we did our first Broadway show together for Agnes DeMille in uh, Brigadoon. Yes. I did a ghillie boot for him, and Greg Barnes was so fabulous and designed a ghillie boot into the design, so that was a, a very touching for us that we had a Scottish throwback boot in there, but that boot parade, you know, Greg Barnes's work is just... Not to be believed. Oh, he's amazing. Look at that picture there. There's Greg. Oh, yeah. And that is from Follies. Follies. And they're the ghost, the, the showgirl ghost. And those are, oh, I think three inch platforms with six inch heels when they come down the oh, staircase. Yes. Just amazing. Those are one of my favorite, of course, kinky boots, but doing these. And I'll throw in the biker studded thigh-high, black leather, sexy heel boots for Shania Twain. Oh, yeah, she, I want to see oh, a picture of she those. Looked, I'll show you. Yeah, she oh, she was so hot in those. So when you were in 1999, just like basically selling your wares, trying to get your <laughs> shoes out to people, did you have any idea what it would become? Because it's like now, it's like the word Kleenex is to tissue. Oh. People say... Oh, I'm going to grab my Leducas. Like, they use the word Leduca as a noun. <laughs> That's, I love the way that you... you For shoes. You, you phrase that Leduca has become a noun. And and I I talk about Leduca in the third person. Phil Leduca is not a celebrity. The designs are the celebrity, and the designs are the star. Uh, that's why I talk about them in the third person, because I don't talk about myself. It's I'm not the shoes. The the shoes are, as you said, the character and a noun when people say my Leduca. So as you said, people, we hear stories that people will say, I ran out of a fire and I took my, my family photos and my Leducas. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, I, one time I checked my luggage and the luggage got lost for two days and I didn't have my Leducas. So now I only, I carry them always in my carry-on just because I was like, I, I need my shoes. I just taught this master class down in Florida and half the kids were barefoot and I, it was a 1940s class and I had to actually stop the class and just be like, do you guys have any idea how important it is mm. for shoes, not only for your character, but this isn't a modern class. Yeah. You mean if you're doing a musical theater yeah. class, like There's shoes. scuffs. How are you going to do a scuff? Yeah. I'm also, I go to the point where of like, you shouldn't wear sneakers to rehearsal oh, thank either. You, thank you very much. You should always have your character shoes, some yeah. type of others. If you're dancing, I mean, like you said, why you wouldn't? Tiger Woods wouldn't wear tap shoes, so why do we wear tennis shoes? I know, I know. That's the the part of the bugaboo. But but in New York, you see, I mean, we have dancers in here. Their backpacks are the size of a steamer trunk. Oh. You've got your tap shoes, your character shoes, your point shoes, your ballet slippers, yeah. your, your rehearsal clothes, your music, <laughs> you know, and this is a normal day yeah. for a New York dancer. Yeah, especially if you don't live in Manhattan. Oh, yeah, you, you bring in everything from your home into the city. Yeah. So this is, I have a great quote from you that you talk about your own designs. I believe the popularity of my designs lies in covering the facets of what a dancer should be. 
More to the point, pun intended, think of the curves of a woman. That's what I have in mind when I design my shoes. Curvy, sensual, and sassy. Paducah makes a woman secure in her sensuality, elegant in her movements, and gorgeous in her line. Like, it's so, so specific. I mean, the line doesn't end exactly. at the ankle. Exactly. And I think when you ask for inspiration, I was in Germany doing master classes like yourself, mm. doing musical theater classes, and I saw a production of Chicago there. And this gorgeous gal was on a stool, and she did this développé where, the like a serpent, that legs came into her body, the knee bent, that leg just started to développé above her head, and the foot went quonk. Uh. with this flat foot because the the shoe w had a full shank and couldn't point. Yeah. And I was like, wow, ju that just uh, let the air out of the balloon. And I, that was another inspiration for me going, what is that about? But look at that line. It's just, just killed the line. And yeah. as a choreographer, I'd be like, oh. But when you talk about the inspiration and the curves of a, a woman's body, Take a look at Katy Perry. Katy Perry is is a woman. Yes. Katy Perry is she's not a, a little tiny ballerina. She is a full-bodied, gorgeous woman. Look at behind you. Who who is that? Oh, Sophia Loren. So that is the epitome of womanhood. Yes. That is a woman. These are women. Catherine Zeta Jones, Uma Thurman, Shania Twain. They are women of substance, of body, gorgeous. So that, for me, Eartha Kitt. Look at Eartha <laughs> Kitt. Oh, just how could you not think sensuality and just charisma and sexy for these women? And so those are the curve, the Botticelli, the way a body is shaped. And so, it, as you said, the shoes must finish the line. Yeah. They must complement the, the leg and the, the statuesque of the dancer. That's why I have Annie Can-Can boots, Annie in boots. You, you cannot imagine Annie ranking without her, her gorgeous boots and those legs yeah. and black tights. Yes, but I think as elegant as your shoes are, they're also very sturdy. There's a heel on there, so it's like you feel you. Uh, I mean, I've never worn any of your your, your heels. <laughs> you haven't been in kinky boots yet, but you know, it's also you know. I mean, I've seen so many dancers. They're dancing, and their whole heel falls off, and that doesn't happen with your shoes. So they're well, they're you. elegant but strong too. Well, that and there we there's the story of kinky boots. Yeah, the dilemma of how do you make a shoe strong enough for a man? Well, I had to actually do that. Yeah. For the men in kinky boots that are in, in drag and dressing as women. Yeah. So prior to that, of course, the making a character shoe that's flexible for a woman. As a, on the other side, you'll see I have a picture of Elizabeth Parkinson from Moving Out doing a grand jeté in three-inch heels. You would never have asked a woman to do that with a non-flexible shoe. She would have broken her ankle. Yeah. So I then coming from that and exactly why I had these wonderful interviews for Kinky Boots because I was doing the exact same thing. How do you make a boot strong enough for a man? Yeah. And there was the same exact, which is, uh, it was art imitating life for me, which is why Kinky Boots was so dear to my heart. Yes. Because it, it felt like my story of how things should be done. But you're right. And I wish I could say I knew that right off the bat. It's never the case. 
What is always the case, Brad, it's like a script. It's like a movie, a screenplay. I, I, I've written screenplays. And what a screenwriter will tell his class, a good script is never written. It is rewritten and rewritten and yes. rewritten. So trial and error. The difference is that other shoe companies, I'm assuming, I'm not going to say for sure. I'm assuming that they went to last maker and said, we need the last to look like this, pointy toe, mm. round toe, fit a two and a half inch heel, a three inch heel. And the last makers did that. I designed the last myself. I worked with a last maker. I didn't actually do design them myself. I'm not a last maker. I don't actually I know what a last is, so I'm gonna. A last is the the mold. Let me grab one for you. Sure. So you'll visualize it. This is a last. Oh. They used to be all made of wood. Now they make them in plastic because they can do them on computer. But before you'd have to make them in wood so they could shave and add. My factory was still making them by wood, so I learned the last is a is a mold that they fit the leather around to the foot size and to the shape of what the ultimate shoe will look like, which is why a last will have a pointy toe for Alphaba mm. in Wicked. It'll have a square toe for what we're doing head over heels, so it has more of a contemporary look. Mm. It'll be a rounder toe for the dancers. It'll be a tapered toe for Frozen for the townspeople. So the last is going to dictate not only the size and the heel height, but the shape and the look of the shoe at the end. So what I did was work with last makers to discern, again, placement, where the balance is, because fashion street shoes are different than dance shoes. So I had to make sure that my shoe was actually giving a dancer the elements that a dancer needed, not just a good shoe. Well, I think that's amazing because it's incredible as it is to have a pair of shoes designed specifically for you. I also have a pair of just off-the-wall shoes that, you know mean, that you can order, and they're just as great. Oh, thank you. You know, so it's, it's amazing so that your template for anyone who wants to buy one is really close to the template that you're actually having if you come in here and have a, have a fitting. Well, thank you. I try to make them, of course, my off-the-shelf purchase walk-in stock shoes, Laduca line, just what you said. The same as a custom shoe. One of the examples is that I have a padding in my shoes that costs me $4 a pair of shoes from the factory, charges me $4 more than what normal padding would be. What other company's gonna pay $4 yeah. a pair of shoes for dance shoes? Because the difference being, Brad, is that I'm just stating the, what the reality of the situation is, is that when you have a little girl or boy that's still growing and their, their foot size changes, a mother's not going to pay a lot of money for that shoe because within sometimes children grow two or three times in the same year and mm. the, their shoe size changes. So they're not going to spend a lot of money. And then also too, when someone is a, an amateur, a hobby dancer, not taking it seriously as a profession, again, Tiger Woods pays a heck of a lot more for his golf shoes than what I would. I'm not a professional at it. Yeah. Difference being that I made Leduca shoes for the professionals. And that's why I'm different than the other shoemakers. I didn't say better. I'm not better than anyone. I make a different shoe because I made a shoe that I catered to the professional 
not a hobby dancer where they're not going to put it through the rigor of right. what a professional, as you said, the heel has to be strong. The base of the shoe has to be sturdy, yet flexible. That was my dilemma. How do you make something sturdy and flexible? No it's idea. like saying, I, you know, I love jello, but can you make it stronger? That I don't want it to that. shake. You're like, okay, that's jello. Yeah, yeah. I like how it shakes, but I, I want it to only shake this much. Yeah. I had to play with all those elements and without giving away my, yeah, I don't my want trade to, secrets, yeah. but I had to play with all those elements. And that's why Leduca shoes is different. It's the top of the line because. I started from the top. I didn't start it with a business mind of how much money can I make, which when I've worked with other companies, they've said to me, before I've even designed something, they said, we'd like you design design for us. And the first thing they say is, well, how much is it going to cost? And I said, I don't know until it's done. No, 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 no. We need to know how much it's going to cost first because we need to know how much to charge. And I never wound up working with any of the other companies because I said my way of working is field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. You build something great, the market will find it. And the price is going to reflect what the shoe costs to make. So I didn't want to limit myself of doing, well, we have to make this inexpensive because the board of directors for these other companies need this amount of percentage of profit. Yeah. I'm not motivated by profit. I'm motivated by what is the best dang shoe that I can make and go backwards from there. This is what it cost me to make the shoe. The factories in Italy, it's Italian craftsmen. There are like 42 workers in the factory they make minimum $23 an hour. Some of them, of course, are probably $50, $60 an hour, these artisans. Yeah. So they're not made in Asia where these people are making a dollar, $2 a day. Yeah. So the cost of labor is so much higher, which is why a Gucci or a Prada, their Versace's cost that much. So then Italian leather and then the padding that I do that is extra because dancers matter to me. Mm -hmm. I don't care about how much profit I make. I care about how well is that dancer going to dance and not get injured and look beautiful and be this ethereal creature that a child is going to see and want to emulate then dream. That's what Leduca shoes is about. It's interesting that you say about the padding because I remember when I got my Leduca tap shoes, I retired my old favorite pair. And it was actually a sad day because like <laughs> I had a long time with those tap shoes. But I had insoles in those tap shoes and I don't have insoles in my Leducas because they're padded. And I don't think I ever realized it until you said that. Uh. I would always like every couple months have to buy new insoles for my tap shoes because of that. And I think too, when it just come to how much it's going to cost, like your shoes last for how long has Wicked been going? And I think sometimes when I've danced in your shoes, the shoes might have to be re-rubbered. That's the sole underneath that is wearing. Yeah, it's not. That the, I, it's nothing to do with the shoe. And so it's like I think when a Broadway producer spends money on you, it's it's actually going to save them money in the long run because they're not replacing shoes every six months. A lot of producers have caught on to that, unfortunately. A lot of producers don't look at it that way. They look at the bottom line. They just want, how much is it gonna cost? Mm. No, this shoe's too expensive, get this shoe. Fortunately, but unfortunately for them or the production, 
they will learn. We just had a company, the, and I won't say what company, that came to us and said, we just bought a bunch of, of inexpensive shoes and they lasted three weeks. That really cut into our budget. And now we either have to get more of those knowing that they're going to wear out quickly again. So I said, yeah, so you're gonna wind up with three pairs of those cheap shoes that if you would have bought a pair of Leducas would have wound up costing less and the dancers wouldn't be giving you grief about how their feet are killing them. Yeah. So I'm trying to educate some of the, well, of course, I've been around long enough now, Going, it'll be 20 years next year, let the Leducas shoes will be around. So I'm very fortunate for the Marty Pacladinas and the Greg Barnes and the William Ivy Longs and the Ann Hulwards and the Catherine Zubers, Linda Cho's, who Linda didn't know me. She was a California designer who has come to New York and is Anastasia. And so she was introduced to me and now she knows. So she will only use me. Yeah. So when they find out of the value of Leduca shoes, then they go, oh, now we know why. Oh, it makes complete sense. So as a big New Yorker and designing shoes and being all over Broadway. You left New York. Oh, don't you live in California now? Oh, you're going to you're going <laughs> to you're going to let people think that I I left them. I ditched them. Oh, I don't think you left them, <laughs> but it's like you're now you're bi-coastal. But it, it's just yep. it's very I, interesting when I called you, you're like, "I'm actually in LA." And then when I called you about an LA date, you're like, "I'm actually in New York." <laughs> I've been blessed that I've been able to have a home in Los Angeles. And I still have a place here in New York, of course. So yes, I'm bi-coastal. And I will humbly say that what brought me out to LA eight years ago was Katy Perry. Oh. And Katy Perry had a call that an associate stylist, Johnny Wuchek, had been working with Katy Perry. And somehow somebody in the industry from Broadway had been working with him and somehow connected. And he said, I'm working with this new quote unquote kid who's up and coming, Katy Perry, and she's going to do her first tour, and it's going to be staged, so there's going to be dancers, and I'm not really that knowledgeable about dance shoes. And they said, well, you should talk to LaDuca in New York. So I get a call. This is Johnny Wuchek, working with Katy Perry. Would you come out to talk with us about designing shoes for Katy Perry? And I had heard about Katy Perry, but at that point, I really actually didn't know her music, to mm, be honest. Yeah. And it was before Katy Perry was Katy Perry. Right. I mean, they literally were still doing buses to tours. She wasn't flying first class. Yeah. So when I got to the rehearsal studio, here's this gal, who of course I had never met her before. Her hair pulled up in sweats, and I'd seen in magazines this gorgeous creature. And so there's this gal, her hair up and in, in sweats, being introduced to me. And Johnny said, this is Phil Duca. And she said, oh my God, I can't believe you came out here for me. You do all famous people. This is Katy Perry. Wow. Things are a little different now. Yes. Yes. She has <laughs> you on Katie, speed dial now. Oh, yeah. Katy's like for this last tour said, well, Phil, I'm divorced now, so make me look sexy. I said, oh, honey, I, I, you don't need shoes for that. <laughs> so it's wonderful to see the evolution of Katy Perry. Yeah. You know, become this mega incredible superstar that was so humble when I met her. Not that she's not humble now. She's right. a sweetheart. But that she was honored that I came to her. So when I went out to L.A., 
from there, it was, oh, Shania Twain wants you to come to Vegas. Well, I'm in L.A., so I'm just going to stay here and do Vegas. Then it flipped back to a Taylor Swift wants you to come back to L.A. And I said, you know, I'm going to find a place here in L.A. Yeah. So that's what happened at Umbai Coastal going back and forth. But are you going to open up a, do you have a store there? No, I thought about doing that and I realized that that is, uh, thankfully I didn't because the rents on Melrose were ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy. And the parking is stupid. So I realized that the reason Laduca Shoes, the store, is successful are three things. Dancers come to New York for three reasons. To take dance classes, and when they take dance classes, the professional dancers who are working on Broadway in classes are in Leduca shoes, and these new dancers who from around the world, the other day we had two gals from Australia who said to, when I said, I'm Phil Leduca, they're like, oh my God, can I get a picture with you, mate? Oh my now, God, that's oh, so good. They, they won't believe it. We met Phil Leduca. And so they said, in Australia, they're talking about in Australia, they say, oh, if we see somebody in class at an audition in so-and-so shoes, we know they really don't know what they're doing. So I'm like, wow, in Australia? They're like, Oh, everybody knows Leduca in Australia. And that's, I don't have a store there. That's great. So yeah. they come here and they see dancers in class in my shoes and they go, what are they? From Japan, Germany, Australia. We had a gal in here who's on the top show in Buenos Aires. And her boyfriend is showing me pictures and, of course, the gorgeous costumes. And she says, I flew up here to get Leducas because the choreographer in the show as Leducas. Yes. So they plan trips from around the world to come to get Leducas. And that's why they come to New York to see Broadway shows and they see Leducas in the shows and they go, they look in the playbill, what, what are their shoes? They take classes, they say, what are their shoes? And they come to buy. So they're like, I'm buying Leducas while I'm here. There's nowhere else in the world that will work except I'm trying to get a store in London and the real estate is even worse there. Wow. It's worse. So to get a store there would just be brutal and to start all over, I'm trying to find a partner. And I keep telling the gals from Buenos Aires and, and from Australia, Partner me up, find somebody. Lucy Lawless is, says, oh, Phil, I've got to get you to Australia, yeah. you know, New Zealand. But, you know, business is different. People don't realize. That's why I'm not partnered with somebody else because they want it as a profit making and they want X amount of dollars. And when I say these shoes are expensive because of the cost, they say, no, it's not enough profit for them. Well, I won't have to buy another pair. Granted, I didn't buy either <laughs> pair of my ladies. <laughs> but, I mean, it will last me for years. It's well, an investment. It's an, it's an and inv that's what we have to educate people because they're going, oh, my God, these shoes are so expensive. Why would I pay that much for a, a dance shoe just for what you're saying? Yeah. They last. Yeah. The tap shoes, the Roxies, which I named after the Radio City Rockettes. Ah, they wear these tap shoes four times a day for eight weeks during the season. Four times a day, seven days a week. Yeah. And the girls still have them seven, eight years later. Yeah. So they must be good yeah. and durable. And I know like when I'm doing a regional show, they prefer to rent my Leducas for $5 <laughs> a week than to have to buy me new shoes. 
So in five dollars, you're you're selling me cheap. <laughs> well, that's what equity says. Like equity says, if you well, rent, it should be a different price. It should be a different. <laughs> it should be. But it's always like first day. They're like, we can buy you shoes, or we can rent them. And I was like, rent them, rent my shoes, because I'd rather wear my own shoes. Because even a regional theater job, by the time you order the shoes, you might not even get them until dress rehearsal. And we just did. Oh, we sent them off. I wanted to show you. We just did boots for Kiss Me Kate for Petruchio. Oh, knee-high boots with the with the cuff on them, and we did three pairs of tap boots for the the suitors. Oh, right. Oh, they're gorgeous, gorgeous. I love it that the regional theaters are also. We're doing Norwegian Cruise Line, Royal Caribbean. We're doing Disney. That they know the value. They buy in bulk. They buy six hundred pairs of shoes. So for them to do that, they must recognize the quality. And also, the other ones aren't going to last. And then it becomes part of a costume package to go to others. I hope our listeners are listening out there to realize that the best way to ensure that you get your Leducas for a show is to put it in your contract. Yep. That's, that's what I did. And I have to thank North Shore Music Theater for buying me my Leducas. <laughs> get a little plug in there. That's <laughs> my second pair. We were talking about the dancers coming to New York to buy shoes, and they can just walk right in and buy them here, and they can try them on here, and you have, what, black and beige shoes? Those are the normal colors for a character shoe, black and beige, that's been the standard, but I have a little surprise. You are the first person to learn Ooh. that I have developed a new color because... I want to honor all of the dancers, especially I want to reach out to my gorgeous, fabulous ladies of color. The gals of dance who are Afro-American, Latina, Asian, that don't have a color for their true skin color when they want to just wear no hose, just bare natural skin. They do not have a natural skin color Beige, of course not, and black is not a skin color. Right. So I have added, and we will soon have to the line of Leduca shoes, the Alexis is the style of shoe that we do, that we have in stock, and you can get them in beige and black. But very soon, ladies, you will now be able to get the Alexis Cinnamon which is a color tone for ladies of color. Cinnamon, that's a pretty cool name. Oh, thank you. I think it's pretty spicy and it, it's sassy like the ladies of color. Oh, excellent. Well, I can't wait. Well, uh, of all of your amazing career, do you have a highlight that you just think is, you know I mean, something that was just, I mean, the Drama Desk Award specifically for you is pretty amazing. But, well, I mean, enough of your Broadway shows. Did you love, love, love doing that or do you love this more? Oh, as far as a performer? Yeah. I don't miss the performing, actually. Uh, I love seeing, like, the dancers over 40 with the cast from Dancing. I danced with many of them, and with Ann Rankin and B.B. and Wayne Salento. So to be able to, to say that I was a part of this community, I'm a part of... Because, actually, when I look back at my career... I'm a part of Broadway history as a performer, as a song and dance man, but my name is never going to be remembered with a Wayne Salento or an Annie Rankin as a performer, as a choreographer. So for me, I am honored and flattered that the name Leduca is associated so much with Broadway. And I look, and when you think about the career of a dancer, 
I had a 10-year career on Broadway. That's long. Yeah. Some have 17 years in one show, that gal in Cats was 17 years. Yeah. Peter Gregus was in Jersey Boys for the entire run. Yeah. It, was, it was nine years or something. So some people have amazing careers. But when you look back on it and you think of the, the greats that you and I know, Gwen Verdon's, the mm. Cheetah Rivera's, the Bob Fosse's, Annie Ranking hasn't been on Broadway for years. These names, the current dancers don't know them. No. They don't know Jerome Robbins. Forget of Jack Cole. Oh, they don't yeah. know Jack Cole. I'm honored that, as you say, Laduca is like a noun where it's associated with Broadway that my name will, knock on wood, last long after I'm gone. And that, to me, is a tinge of immortality, that your name will be associated, which is why that validation by Drama Desk Award, because the name Leduca is going to always be in musical theater history. Yes. But for me, probably the highlights of my career, of course, being cast as Tony in oh. West Side, my first show. Getting my equity card in Muni Opera, of course, being labeled a professional. My first Broadway show, the story for me is when I auditioned, they wanted ballet dancers. Pretty much everybody in the cast were New York City Ballet, ABT, John Curry, the English ice skater, Olympic gold mm. medal champion, and all these Joffrey Ballet, Heritage Ballet, ABT, and I wasn't in a major ballet company. So to be honored to get to the point where they said, well, we can't just have only ballet dancers because we need singers too, because it's a musical. So we need the sword dancers. We need to make sure we have voices in there alongside with the townspeople who are singers and actors. So when I auditioned it, it came down to 12 and they were going to have eight guys and there were 12 of us at the end that four weren't going to get the job there were eight mm. so when it came down to the point of we we did our dance audition first cut they did were brise voles across the floor oh wow which are They're beats joke, yeah. across the floor yes and that that got rid of the musical theater yeah i would have cut right there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, because of my ballet background i was able to ace that and then of course, all Agnes de Mill's dance is based on in Scottish folk dancing in gillies. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the feet and the articulation, the high cuts that we would do, uh, the jump up in the air and beat your calf twice before you land. We're, we're like beats, which is why we did brise boles, Andre Chacots, Andre Chouites. So doing all these balletic things was great, but then it came down to, okay, what else do you have? because we need diversity. And when I sang my song, I did Something's Coming from West Side Story. Mm. Could be, who knows, it's only just out of reach, down a block on a beach, under a tree. And I did my song, and Agnes DeMille with her cane was, wow. was sitting there, and she banged her cane on the floor and pointed it at me and said, now there's a singer. And I was like, and got the job. And oh, wow. I have Agnes DeMille, and she signed a picture to me, which is one of my treasures. I have autographed pictures to me from Rudolf Nureyev, uh. Agnes DeMille, and Mikhail Baryshnikov, and 
Natalia Makarova. So to have these and Fernando Bohanis and others, but when Agnes said that to me, with her cane, I felt like I should have been melting and she was dubbing me, knighting me. It was just a fantastic moment. Of course, opening night is magical. Far as the shoes for me, I was nervous as, I couldn't look when I first did heels for a show, three inch heels moving out oh. for Lizzie Parkinson. I was scared to death because she is doing, I danced for Twilight, I did Singing in the Rain on Broadway. Oh, for you Twilight did? Star. Oh, how cool is that? I was the understudy for the lead role, the Gene Kelly role, Don Correa, yeah. Sandy Duncan's husband, a phenomenal dancer, tapper. I danced with an American Dance Machine with Don. So I just, all of these things, so I danced for Twyla, so I know what Twyla does. Just, she's brilliant, she's a genius, but makes your body do things that they weren't meant to do. <laughs> so having these dancers and a Liz Parkinson, the goddess of our dance, yes. doing these grangetes and drags and, and split jumps and being thrown around, I was just, I, I couldn't look. I was so afraid, oh my God, if she hurts herself, everybody in the audience is going to turn and look at me and go, you did it. <laughs> I really was thinking that the yeah. whole night. And I was so afraid that something was going to happen because they were untried. It was the first time yeah. someone was going to try a three-inch flexible character shoe on stage. I was so nervous. I was a nervous wreck. I had to come down afterwards and say to her, oh my God, I'm so glad you are. And she was like, oh, they're fierce, Phil. They're fabulous. I love them. That and then kinky boots, seeing my mm. boots come out and them singing a song about the boots. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. it, I, I was in tears. And the epitome, knock on wood, up to this point, up to this point is the Drama Desk Award. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, at this point, after 20 years, close to 20 years now, what's going to happen the next 20 years. I actually left those out for you. Behind you oh. are a pair of shoes I did for Eartha Kitt. Oh my God. She asked, Anne Hool Ward came to me and said, I'm doing Eartha Kitt's nightclub act, and I want you to do shoes for her. And they had a picture of Eartha Kitt from her nightclub act in Paris, 1951. From the photograph, I redesigned those shoes for her, replicated, and those heel, that heel. The amazing thing was, this is also just one of those magic things when I so when I brought this the shoe and I was at the factory and I said I need to redesign this shoe where are we going to find this heel he spoke with his heel maker and he showed him a picture the heel makers father had designed that heel so he had the actual original heel mold for those heels so it was meant to be and Eartha was just beyond herself oh I bet so that those are the magic moments yes. just only a few of course but I've worked with Bette Midler do her Vegas show and then to have her do Hello Dolly here mm -hmm. to do Catherine Zeta-Jones who was a West End chorus dancer yeah to become a me mega star she played Peggy in 42nd Street in uh, West End London and then to have her come over here and be this mega star and do Chicago with her 
and to roll when she was on when she was at rehearsal you know she was stretching out so I got down on the floor with her and I'm you know stretching with Catherine Zeta Jones talking about dance shoes and what she needs and stuff like this these are the moments that you can't pay for no and of course Katy Perry in my shoes in the Super Bowl, the glitter oh, yes. that she wore in the Super Bowl, it would have cost me a million dollars to get that kind of advertisement. Yeah. And I had interviews from Japan, uh, London, asking me about her Swarovski crystal boots that she wore at the Super Bowl. So just another day in Laduca. Oh, this is great. Do you have an apprentice that you're, you're giving your secrets to or not yet? <laughs> not yet. They're locked away. Locked away. Well, Jess Gertz is, I'm teaching the, the ropes to now. Oh, you teaching are teaching him. him. Yeah, I'm oh, teaching him. And he was asking me just yesterday. He said, why is a Laduca shoe different than another shoe? So I had to talk to him about the mechanics of why, even within the Laduca, it's not one size fits all, not just in size and width, but why is a boot that we made, a Renee Fleming, starring in Carousel, mm. s- singing the, the, probably the most iconic song yes. in musical theater, you know, when you walk through the storm. I mean, you, there's not a dry eye in the house. Yeah. What's the difference of making a, a boot for an opera singer doing musical theater as opposed to Sky... Maddox, who is doing Carousel as well. Sky Maddox is Matt Maddox's niece, the, mm. the great Matt Maddox. So, of course, this gal has got feet for days yeah. like bananas. So, what's the difference? How do you make a shoe for a dancer, dancer, and an opera singer doing musical theater, and all in between? Kenny Cantor, who I did Brigadoon with, the fabulous baritone, he's doing Phantom of the Opera. So I did Brigadoon with him in 1980. Now I'm doing shoes for him in 2018. That's crazy. He's a singer. He he needs comfortable shoes. When I have a Baryshnikov. Baryshnikov is the most famous iconic ballet dancer alive today that we still have. His shoes are going to be different than a character actor shoe right. yeah. on Broadway. Those are the things that you need to teach somebody, especially somebody who wasn't a dancer. Now, when somebody comes and says, oh, I got these shoes from such and such. Why do I need to come to you? And I say, you're right. You could get shoes from somebody else. Don't worry about the fact that they didn't dance for 40 years. They didn't have injuries and no injuries. They didn't dance on Broadway for 10 years. They didn't choreograph all around the world and they haven't designed shoes for dancers for 20 years. But other than that, yeah, they're the same. So I like to end every podcast with a song that can be a song <laughs> from your career, or a song that you just, something that inspires you right now. What song would you want to represent <laughs> you right now? Maybe the sun gave me the power, but I could swim like Loman and be home in half an hour. Maybe the air gave me the drive, but I'm all aglow. And alive, what a day this has been, what a rare mood I'm in, why it's almost like being in love. Perfect. I was actually going to play one, but I wasn't going to stop you from singing. That's a great song. Brigadoon, you know, my Broadway debut. It put me on the map, my road, to where I am today. Well, thank you very much. This is a a true honor. You are definitely a favorite of mine, so Uh, thank you. Big hug. <laughs> <laughs>